everyone wants to be a stallion. Like in Shrek 2, donkeys are like, I'm a stallion, baby. <laughs> <laughs> donkey? I'm not a donkey. <laughs> oh, baby. Well, people of planet Earth, we have come back quicker than we said. But we got great feedback. And guess what? Welcome to episode of Vinyl Stallions. I'm Clep, he's Spruce. And today's episode, an album review of Nevermind by Nirvana. Not sure if you heard of that one or not. It, dude, I mean, as soon as I saw that you picked this album, because uh, another guilty alert, I have not listened to this album all the way through until we just did. And, oh my gosh, I don't even know, what, like, like, like the amount of hits and not even just hits, but just the amount of just great songs that are on this album is out of this world. Like, you, Club texted me earlier this week, and I said, I just got through it. And he said it made the 40 minutes, 42, seem like 20 minutes. And that was the most real statement that hit me the hardest. Yeah, no, yeah. You look at... uh look at the album and it says it's 42 minutes but yeah it just flies like it just it feels like it's over so quickly um yeah released in 1991 42 minutes 36 seconds and then there's four singles off of it smells like teen spirit arguably the most popular song of the 90s come as you are lithium and in bloom um, this is also the first album with Dave Grohl on drums. Um, their previous album, Bleach, had two different drummers on it. So it just sort of depended on what song you're listening to as to who you were going to get. But yeah, this was their first album with Dave Grohl. Also their first album produced by Butch Vig. Butch, who is someone I'm excited to talk about. Um, one of the all-time producers, obviously. Yeah, absolutely. I I don't know a ton of producers, but I do know who Butch Vig is. Yeah, but and he's the way he works. It's just incredible. I've watched a couple interviews uh, from him, and he, uh, yeah, it's so methodical. It's it, it, it's incredible. So yeah, I'm excited to the yeah, we'll talk about him a little bit later on in the album, but Butch Vig, what a guy. All right. So I teased it a little bit with the Twitter. You teased it a little bit with the Instagram, but never mind is the seventh highest selling studio album of the nineteen nineties. And to be clear, that's studio albums. So greatest hits albums do not count. So there's six albums that sold more copies than Nevermind that were released in the 1990s. What do you think they are? Hmm. Some are obvious, some are not. Of the all the 90s. My, my head's literally spinning in circles because there's just so much music going through my head. Um, so I'll give you one hint. One of these albums, it's not this album, but the artist who made this album the highest selling record of all time. Nah, I'm stumped. Give it to me. All right, so that one is Michael Jackson. The album is Dangerous. Okay. That one was not the highest selling of the 90s. That one was the third highest selling of the 90s. So the one that sold the second most, you could say is in the same genre as Nirvana, but slightly different. 
And honestly, I, I bet this one will be a surprise because you you'll you'll be like, oh yeah, this is popular, but you would be it's that popular. Um, but that one is Jagged Little Pill by Alanis Morissette. Wow. Wow. Okay. And number one, and this one you'll you'll be like, oh, why didn't I think of that? Shania Twain, come on over. <laughs> you know, it's like you, you Dude. pop to your into your head right away, but it's like no. oh, duh, Shania Twain. Yeah, crap, dude. I know. If I guessed anything, these would have all been wrong. But keep going. Celine Dion sneaks in with two. Let's talk about whoa. <laughs> and then falling into you, and then the last one, one that sold the sixth most copies in the 90s Metallica <laughs> with the mm. Metallica I mean you know I understand man yeah yeah they probably that, that alone probably got them up there um but man you know like my head so when you just asked me that question I mean I guess we're on Nirvana just the type of music but I was thinking Smashing Pumpkins Melancholy I was thinking really Dude, I would have guessed 10 by Pearl Jam yeah Pearl Jam as well when you said it would have been similar I mean even I uh, like the Foo Fighters the one with the back of Dave Grohl's head with you know you meant it back like I was like I like I guess my head's in this Seattle rock but man two Celine Dion's uh that's absolutely killer so popular (laughs) dude she was that's 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 crazy. And now I would have, and, and then I was like, well, you know, rap got big in the late nineties. Like I was thinking like, I don't know, like run DMC or like something like that. Uh, yeah. And obviously again, I would have been wrong with, I mean, Michael, I should have guessed, but yeah, very, dude, very awesome. Very awesome. It's a, uh, no, that's crazy. That's crazy. But again, it doesn't make sense. Um, but yeah, dang. The, well, well, there they have, or there they are. The uh, now seven, and we get to the seventh one, which is uh, obviously never mind. Um, but you know, it's uh, it's pretty crazy thinking about this album. I mean, just like as a whole, like literally just simply looking at the front of the album, no music <laughs> at all. Like it's so iconic. I remember my dad vividly having like top greatest rock uh, like albums ever sold or something, but it was a big old book and it would sit on the middle of my family room. But I, as like a kid growing up, would just see this naked baby and be like, what in the hell is Nirvana? I didn't know really too much about them. The name in itself was just like crazy to me. And but and, and then you always would hear like oh they they've passed away or like something like that. I didn't really know and like all the details as a kid. So it was such a like rock god status for me before I even heard it. And then when you hear it, it describes a whole era of music just simply in this album alone. Yeah, you know the guy who is the baby on the album cover recently sued the band (laughs) dude i did see that it's it's crazy and something else that i noticed just about that kid is i'm pretty sure like when i was playing the album uh while like working out the other day i looked down and saw his like it's him growing up now and swimming but that's what spotify show showing me now and i was like was this their settlement is he gets to be put fully grown now swimming oh i know what you're talking about i think that is actually the deluxe edition okay so well yeah all right then that does make sense because it the album did continue to extend when i uh finished the actual stuff and their side b's and whatnot but i was like wasn't this kid just suing now he's just swimming in front of me as a fully grown adult yeah hold on now i gotta go to spotify and look yeah, dude, go and look. It's because I, I thought it was the like Chris Novoselic or Dave Grohl at first as well, because it's the kid with long hair. And I'm like, wait, that's just the kid. <laughs> um, but yeah, if you click on one of them, 
it'll uh, show that could swim him. Or maybe it was for one. I don't know. Yeah, then... I don't. I don't. I'm only seeing the baby. All right. Well, we'll uh, post it. Keep a watch out on uh, Vinyl Stallion social media. We will confirm after. I know podcast. that image you're talking about, though. It's a guy with a long. He's got long hair, glasses. He's got like a little snorkeling setup, and he's swimming in the water. Dude, yeah, and I'm pretty sure it is that kid. But uh, we'll we'll uh, figure out uh, that a little bit after here. Um, but nonetheless, I did see that he was uh, suing them. Yeah, never, never figured out if he ever won or what all the claims were or any of that. Yeah, no, I didn't look at it either. Uh oh, is that a train? Uh oh, train? There's a train coming. What in the world? Uh-oh. Ladies and gentlemen, the first train of the Vinyl Stallions podcast coming by with a clep quiz, dropping it off. So, clep, I know you tease the folks and even myself with a little trivia, specifically with Nevermind. But unknown to your knowledge... I have prepared three questions. Now it's just about music, no specific anything, but it will be multiple choice. And anytime this train comes by our station, he may drop off a question every time, but we will keep track of what your record is. And folks out there, maybe you can beat Clep in the Quiz and Clep Challenge. Oh man, the pressure. <laughs> the pressure is real. So, with the week one quiz and club contest. All right, what do we got? Aerosmiths. I don't want to miss a thing. Was originally written for Mariah Carey, Whitney Houston, Celine Dion. Or share. Oh man. I know wasn't wasn't that song for the movie Armageddon? Oh. Uh, I just thinking about when it was released, I'm gonna go with Celine Dion. And it was quite ironic we talked about her a little bit earlier because it is for Celine Dion. Yeah, because I knew that song came out in the 90s. So Whitney Houston's <laughs> probably a little too older. Cher's probably a little bit too old. So, yeah, Celine Dion just made the most sense. And it, I was honestly cheesing to myself when we talked about like I She literally had the two, two of the top six albums of the 90s, and boom, this question comes up for you. Hand it on the platter. Is that right, though? Was that song originally written for the movie Armageddon? I do not know, honestly. That was, uh, yeah, we'll have to look that one up. I'm on it. Look it up, and I will. The problem is, I don't know how to spell Armageddon. (laughs) (laughs) That's why we have autocorrect. Oh, here we go found it armageddon the album released in 1998 i don't want to miss a thing is the lead single <laughs> what the world that's awesome what a way to connect music to just an immediate something that's awesome. <laughs> like all right one for one I'm yeah like, you are one for one but guess what they got another load for you all right boys oh. Unloaded here. Mr. Klepsig, who wrote Blinded by the Light? Oh. Bob Seger. I do know this one. You, you don't even have to list the options. Split, split so it out. The popular option, I know this is going to be one of your things, and it's it's a Trojan horse. And you wanted me to say Man Friend Man Band. Or was it Manfred Mann's Earth Earth Man? Man. 
but it's not. It's the boss! Bruce! Damn! That's correct. It is Bruce the Juice Springsteen. Wrote it off his first album. Yeah, Welcome that's Asbury Park. Ashbury Park, yeah. Yes. And man, that version is awesome. It's all right. <laughs> and oh, I was blinded. I was blinded. Four minute guitar solo in there. <laughs> yeah. Well, Stevie, young Steve laying it down. Uh, yeah, no. Wow. All right. You are on it. So this one. All right. We'll switch up. But the theme of this train seems to be who wrote it or who was it for? Okay. And Rihanna's Umbrella Song was supposed to be originally written for Britney Spears, Janet Jackson, Beyonce, or Kanye West. Oh. I think I think I'm gonna go with Beyonce. I have zero confidence in this answer, but I think I'm gonna go Beyonce. My friend, it was Britney Spears who Umbrella was written for. And then okay. Rihanna. What's the backstory? Was it written for Britney like back in the nineties? Like her crew didn't want to do it shelved and then presented to Rihanna later or um, so I don't think it was written back in the 90s, but she was preparing for a character for a possible movie role. Okay. Um, so I believe she didn't take it at the time. Um, let me see. You know what? My apologies. This was for something completely different. Basically, what I'm reading here now is that Spears never even heard the song because her label rejected it before it even got to her. So it was intention that the song was written for her, but it looks like uh, it was denied by the label and obviously sent over to whatever label Rihanna's on. Well, yeah, Britney Spears crew uh, missed the ball on that one. They did, but... (laughs) <laughs> it all ended up working out. Britney's still in the news. And uh, Rihanna <laughs> is pregnant. Congrats, Rihanna. Uh, but yes. Well, folks, that's all we have time for today. Two out of three on the first one. Two out of three, Club. That is very impressive. You knew the two. You even threw the bonus answer, Armageddon. I'm excited for the next train to come on through. Thank you for playing, baby. Trains! Trains! And that was sponsored by UNP. Strictly UNP trains roll through the Vinyl Stallion Station. (laughs) But let's get back to business because there's a lot to dive in here. All right. Never mind. So we got 12 tracks, or do we... At least it looks like 12 tracks. So one cool thing about this album, and you would not know this if you had the CD, you will only find this on the vinyl. So the last song on the album, so you would think, is Something in the Way. But on the vinyl, if you keep letting it play after Something in the Way, there's a few minutes of just silence. And then... You get Endless Nameless, the hidden track. Dude, and that is an insane way to end an album. Um, And I honestly, yeah, no, I didn't know that it had that silence after. um, Because you always see it on, like, whenever you're playing it now on Spotify, that it just comes directly after. But it's there, and it is an insane way to end an album, honestly, especially this one. Yeah, technically on the vinyl, it's part of something in the way. But, I mean, it is, it's definitely a separate song. Yeah. Well, kind of. (laughs) If you listen to it, it resembles uh, more of just uh, some ambient shredding than an actual song. (laughs) 
but enjoyable nonetheless (laughs) (laughs) absolutely um but yeah all around dude this album um i'm sure and i'm excited to honestly hear memories that bring back specifically for you because uh i know you have or or were growing up in like high school and whatnot grade school just into this just grunge scene and was just all about playing these over and over and over again so oh yeah no i'm excited this era of music was like king for me like nirvana like i knew every song off of every album like pearl jam stone temple pilots smashing pumpkins alice in chains like anything grunge i was like inject that into my veins dude and it's it's awesome like it literally takes just like Honestly, something you like not used to, I guess, but you just got to be down with it. Honestly, like just the power of just the three chords, just and just going back to it, and uh, the overdrive pedals and distortions, and it's it's just what that era was, and this is the absolute pinnacle of it all, uh, in my opinion. Oh, absolutely. Um, Okay, so let's get into it. What is your favorite song off the album? Favorite song, I would have to say, is In Bloom. Okay, Uh, that's not a bad choice at all. No, and half of it, so... um, I mean, I... It's just great with all these songs. They all just got that similar vibe where they just break it down, bass, drums, and then just kicks up, and then just right back down to it. Uh, And so many of them have it. Um, But in Bloom in particular, I just will always remember that music video of them dressing up is like formal guys and like they're like nerds and whatnot and they're playing it and they just tear down the set or in like crazy uh i don't even know one flew over the cuckoo's nest outfits yeah yeah like all the music videos on this album yeah crazy That, that was just something cool about the 90s you have these wacky wacky music videos Dude, and and that one in particular just sticks with me. Um, every time, yeah, I come back to this, I'm always just like in bloom. I my close second is drain you, honestly. Okay, I uh, I love that one. Yeah, there's a part. There's so much parts in that that are so just like. I know where you're uh, going with that, though. Like the middle of the song where everything kind of fades out. It's pretty much just Dave on the drums keeping a beat. And then Kurt just comes in with this belt just out of nowhere. <laughs> it's it's awesome. And it's, then the guitar just comes raging right in after. I, I have a fun fact about that, but I'm going to save it for when we really dive into Drain You. But honestly, let's just start like we will with every album. And how it's meant to be. And I'm going to keep repeating it because I got to keep telling myself that when I listen to these how it's meant to be and we'll start with smells like teen spirit so smells like teen spirit honestly is my least favorite song off this album and it's not because it's bad it's just i mean i've heard it a million times it's like what we were saying on the last episode like you just hear it so much and then you just get sick of it so you avoid it um, yeah. But that is one that I have actually never been able to avoid. <laughs> so I haven't really been able to get through that part of the cycle where I've avoided it. And do you I feel stupid and, and do you feel contagious? Different. Yeah, with, with the lights out. <laughs> <laughs> Dude, <laughs> it is. Uh, no, I mean, these are just like, I mean, I'm just looking at the lyrics right now. Oh, the, the lyrics are crazy. Honestly, in like most of these songs, they are. But just that first line, an albino, my libido, like, <laughs> like I don't even know what Kurt's saying. <laughs> Dude, uh, 
I like what's really cool about all of these songs is the bass. Like you can just clearly hear it in your head when you just look at the lyrics. Like load up your gun, don't do the brain, your friend. <laughs> like I just hear that bass pounding. Yeah. I mean that that's so like this album, it's just the definition of cohesiveness. Like if you think about it, one individual member like isn't out doing any of the other like and there's no like you don't listen to it and ever come away like oh wow like like dave just did this crazy thing on drums or you know like chris laid down this crazy bass line or you know like kurt had this crazy solo it's just like they mesh so well together and their sound is so cohesive that it's just so pleasing to the ear that's a great way to put it club um it's yeah no that's exactly it they they yeah they give you it all it's in that 340 range dude like um and what's really cool is and you touched on it how it's just like cohesive and something again that they do a lot on this album is kurt solos are just like copying the way he's singing but just a little bit of a twist and yeah like sometimes when i write like um i'm in the process right now of uh writing and recording my first album but there's times where i'm like should i just do that like it's it's like people already know how it's sung in this but now people and the people who don't know the lyrics can just sing along. Wow, now, now, wow, now, now, wow, now, now. Like oh, you that's know, a good point. Like it's 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 awesome, and it, I'm sure it's been done before in music. Obviously, before this music's been around a long time before this album, but uh, he it, it was so prominent in this el- in this album in particular how he just really tried to copy the way he sings on the guitar and it paid off and it made it that much better. Yeah. And obviously smells like teen spirit. That's one of the most popular songs in the nineties. I would be shocked if I ever stumble across a human being that was born uh, in 2000 or earlier that does has never heard that song. Yeah. No, it's it's and that's how a lot of these are kind of going to be. Uh, and moving on, dude, in bloom. Uh, I know we've touched on it a little bit. Dude, just but... the drums in the beginning. Like, dude, I it just makes me like want to like put my left hand on something and just take my right hand and just have it follow my head bobbing and like and <laughs> i just want to hold on and just rage uh and then again as we touched on just the breakdown sell the kids for food like what a way to open a song <laughs> like hey mom uh, i got this album i'm gonna uh play this sell the kids for food (laughs) Uh, where'd you find that one yeah it starts it starts yeah literally just let's take that verse in itself it starts with sell the kids for food and it ends with um spring is here again reproductive glands (laughs) like (laughs) (laughs) sorry my mom uh hesitated me watching spongebob she would have just not up in here the great thing about Nirvana was that the way Kurt's voice is, it's so raspy. A lot of times, your parents didn't even know what the hell he said. Yeah. So <laughs> you could get away with it. They're like, he just sounds so angry. We don't care about what he's actually saying. Oh, but yeah, no, my my parents were the same, same way. I remember I got my hands on American Idiot by Green Day when I was in like the fifth grade. And that and title alone heard, doesn't help it's you. Subliminal my fuck America. And that one got <laughs> taken away pretty quick. <laughs> my fuck America. <laughs> yeah, no. Oh my god. Dude, it's funny. I'm gonna just sidebar. Isn't it funny how um, how when radio stations blurb out swear words how much more meaningful they kind of mean 
to us as kids, you're just like, ooh, now I'm gonna go figure out what that is. Yeah. Oh and, yeah. <laughs> and now I and now and now I'm gonna say it next time I hear it, even though it bleeps on the radio. But yeah, so that's a funny aspect. But then the words that they chose to bleep out as kids, like now you can literally say anything. Like South Park is fucking dropping just all these words uh <laughs> like when i'm watching it i'm just like holy shit like they blocked out i remember panic at the disco i don't know what the hell you people ever heard of uh, the goddamn dude so right there as if you go and listen to the edited radio version they edit out the word god but leave yeah. the word damn in yeah. And I was and and as a kid I just never understood that because I was like central catholic school so I was the word god was tossed around like hotcakes. And when it was bleeped out I was like wait I don't understand like why am I allowed to be just like closing the damn door. <laughs> it didn't make sense. Yeah, I mean for a while I didn't even know that it was goddamn door. <laughs> Yeah, just you thought it was like a pause, like damn to no. Yeah, no, it's it's funny how uh, yeah, the radio can alter music. I guess that'll be a theme of the vinyl Stanleyans, how we dive into that. Oh yeah, I'm I'm sure we'll come across more of those as we get <laughs> more albums. And speaking of coming, come as you are, the third track on Nevermind. Oh well. This song is something else because it just it's so chill, and then you get into the verses, it picks up a little bit, and even even like the chorus, it like gives you the illusion that they're about to rock out, but they still sit, stay pretty mellow during it. Yeah, no, no, yeah, th- that's true. He isn't ever screaming like when he's like memory, and he's like he's saying it very subtly. And even honestly, when he's like, and I swear that I don't have a gun. Like he's saying it like very, honestly, like cool. Yeah. And not, and not, and not as normal screaming. Yeah. Oh yeah. That's very different. Um, not the sidebar, but so a week from Thursday. So February 17th, as you know, we're going to see Umphreys McGee in Columbus. So they have a song called Come As You Kids. Um, and it's off of an album called Zonky. And all Zonky is, is like they're like jam band mashups of like these popular songs. And Come As You Kids is a mix of Come As You Are and Kids by MGMT. <laughs> really yeah. oh my god dude no i heard one of them the other day i'm trying to think of it it was a beck song and it was like oh i'm a loser baby so why don't you kill me and i heard the mashup and it said i'm from mcgee's and i didn't understand like my yeah, like, i was like i, I know think, that's beck <laughs> isn't that one sad clint eastwood or, or it's like the biggest loser anthem or something or oh yes no you're you're 100 right yeah, it was something like that, but I was so confused, and I'm like, oh, okay, they must just do, like, spoofs, or not even spoofs, but, like, uh, cover, twist, mixes. Yeah, it's just that album, um, but yeah, I mean, you get there, even when they're just playing their regular songs, they'll mix in, like, a riff from just, like, a cover. It's it's pretty cool, but yeah, yeah. Come As nice. You Kids. Very cool. Come As You Are and Kids. No, dude, that song's kick-ass. It's honestly endless, just like a lot of these. And the, dude, the next one, Breed, is one, dude, where I would hear it, but I never knew the name. Oh, and, yeah. And for years, I guess I didn't uh, know it until one of what this reminds me of. So did you know when Nirvana uh, went on tour for this? And, I, and I'm not sure if it was every show, but it's at the re, the iconic reading show. Uh, reading show. I almost said oh, reading yeah, ra- live and writing. Yeah, I almost said reading railroad, like play Monopoly. But yeah. Yeah. Uh, what a random place to play, too. Sorry to sidetrack again, but Reading, Pennsylvania, no. like what? <laughs> yeah, no, it, dude, random as shit. But during that concert, 
and I think he had him for a couple others, but there's a guy who comes up there and Kirk goes, all right, this guy or this guy's Timmy or whatever his name is, and he's going to interpretive dance for you tonight. And they just, and he's just just jumping around like having aneurysm. Uh, did he come on over and do the twist dude he did everything and more but if you go on youtube right now and look up breed reading and you will see little timmy jumping up and down interpretive dancing and i will always think of like like whenever i'm at the gym i just want to jump around like i'm a fucking penguin just losing like i'm getting electrocuted (laughs) (laughs) Uh, but yeah great song yeah, no, Breed is uh, one of my favorites. That's the first one when you're listening through to it that isn't a single. It smells like Teen Spirit in Bloom, Come As You Are, all singles. Um, but yeah, that's a great one. Um, Lithium, another iconic song. That's a single off the album. There's a radio station on Sirius XM named after that song that plays 90s grunge and alternative channel 34 lithium <laughs> and rightfully so i mean this the, the way he writes his lyrics are awesome because they're all kind of they all kind of like have the same vibe like yeah like he's explaining like i'm so lonely i'm so excited i'm so horny like yeah he he goes i found my friends they're in my head (laughs) (laughs) he did and oh my god sorry i just keep going through these wigs like and i'm not gonna crack yeah i was talking about like lithium the drug like i love you like i'm gonna do some lithium i'm not going on crack with it, dude, just straight, just chugging batteries. <laughs> Energizer, Kurt. <laughs> and I'm not coming, crack. <laughs> yeah, great tune. So the next one is very dark. It's well disguised because it's all a metaphor told through this bird named Polly. Um, but the song is actually about rape. It's pretty dark. <laughs> That's the one where you're listening to it and like, you know, all these other songs are very upbeat. And then you just hear that acoustic guitar come in. It's in a, you know, it's tuned to a minor key and you're like, whoa, where are we going? (laughs) Dude, it's no, when I found out about that as well, that it was about that. It's just like hard hitting, uh, like very, yeah, yeah. I mean, obviously it's just a touchy subject and something that, um it's hard to sing about and even though on their next album uh they literally have a song called rape me and it's an anti-rape song um but obviously uh it's something kurt wanted to bring attention to yeah yeah i don't think by any means that they're like promoting rape no i no oh my god no he he's (laughs) come out multiple times you can look at multiple uh, kurt cobain interviews where he will discuss uh the song rape me and and this one as well, and uh, talk so much about like how the attention needs to be brought to it. Um, but I always think of this song. I don't know if it was over the pandemic or something, but there is a video of Jack Black in his car singing this whole song, <laughs> or like the first at least like verse or two. And he's like, "Polly wanna crack a boom boom bada bada. like the like the most classic Jack Black way. And now I can't get that out of my head. <laughs> well, dude, so there's also there's another version of Polly. Um, it's called the New Wave version of Polly, which uh, kind of interesting. But I mean, it's just like a rock version of uh, Polly. It's I mean, it's pretty good. And that one is off the album uh, Incesticide. So that's technically not a studio album. It's technically a compilation album. A bunch of songs that mind. And then, you know, like the New Wave Poly is just an alternate version that they recorded in the Nevermind sessions that they never released. New songs that are off some eps that are on there um i mean i to me i basically treat it as another studio album because they're all new songs 
Um, they're all really good too, like Aneurysm and Aerozeppelin, probably two of my top 10, if not top five Nirvana songs are yeah. on that album. Molly's Lips, Been a Sun, Dive, Sliver, all off that album. So like, I yeah, no, that's, that's interesting that, yeah, that, that wasn't a studio album, um, but those are great songs. Like those, Aneurysm, Ben Asylum, uh, that first one you named was fantastic. Oh, Arrow. Yes, yes. Yeah, that's that's great. Um, but yeah, moving on, Territorial Pissing. Yeah, um... <laughs> what, a, what a name. Like, I just feel like it's just like a dog. Oh, Arrow Zeppelin. No, territorial pissing just fucking sounds like a dog just saying this is my territory. (laughs) So that's another crazy thing off the album. So if you're listening to the vinyl, Polly is the end of side one. So, you know, like, I mean, we've both listened to vinyls. You're listening to it. You're nice and comfy. And so when it goes from one side to the other, it's it's not like it's a new album, but it it marks like the end of a section of the album because you got to get up, you got to go to your record player, you got to flip it over and start playing it. So you hear that super with Polly, flip it over, and then all of a sudden, come on around, smile like a brother, come on, gotta <laughs> just get slapped in the face. I used to hate that. I used to be like, what the fuck, dude? And everybody get together. You pointed out, though, it is a great running song. I was having a blast running to it the other day. Oh, yeah. Dave's drum part goes so hard. <laughs> it does. Oh, Dave Grohl, man. I can't resist uh, with them. Yeah. I mean, we'll we'll get to Dave Grohl on other episodes, and it'll be when he's freaking singing in Foo Fighters. He is just the greatest guy in rock and roll. Him and uh, Pat Smear are just two great, great, great people. And uh, yeah. oh uh, man, dude, music. Foo Fighters stories. Oh man, I can't wait till we do a Foo Fighters album. That <laughs> they have so many stories with every album, <laughs> dude. They do, and they're still coming out. They they're coming out with a movie being released here in the next couple weeks or so. Uh, about I don't know, it's like a horror movie about like Studio Six 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 is like Dave's studio. I'm pretty sure it's what it's called. Mm-hmm. Um, but they're making a whole movie about it. It's like a whole legit get up dude it's like i'm obviously gonna like see it i'm obviously gonna watch it oh yeah of course it's dave fucking girl um but yes uh but yeah no territorial pissing that's a great one and then moving on just hits you again with an absolute classic drain you yeah i think i can't remember which one this song's either on rock band two or rock band three but I used to love playing the drum, the drums to that song on Rock Band. Dude, it's it was a blast. It was one uh, with one of my old bands. We like covered it, and so I had the pleasure of learning uh, this on guitar. And dude, it's just a blast. Like it literally is a blast. Like that uh, breakdown. So so all right. So get this about the breakdown. We've talked about Butch Vig, how he is the producer on this. Yep. So in one Butch Vig interview that I was watching, he talks about that breakdown. And if you listen, and after I tell you this, you'll never be able to unhear it. Okay. During that breakdown, they took a rubber duck and squeezed it and made a rubber duck noise and then put that sound in reverse. And if you listen to when that drums are like, don't, 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 and it's like, and you will hear the rubber duck that Kurt Cobain, or I don't know exactly who came into the studio or who thought of it. Dude, I can hear that song right now, actually. And it is. I I know exactly what you're talking about. Yeah. And it's like, with part where it's like real quick, like, and it sounds like creaking, but it's a rubber duck. And like Dave Grohl on drums. Yeah, I mean it's part of like it's it's rhythmic. It's not just like randomly placed either. Like it is in sync with the beat of the drums. 
Exactly. And it just shows, I mean, it's like, like when you hear it, I'm just like, man, I'm like I'm playing, like when I like try to think of songs or just like mess around, like playing drums on my thighs or whatever, I'm like, anything, man, you just put a microphone to it. Like if it, like you can mix it in well, like it's, it's crazy. Um, and just shows how simple it is uh, or simplistic. I would like, I, I wouldn't say simple because it's very deep of how they use it, but simplistic side of making an album. Let's put a rubber duck in there and squeeze it really hard <laughs> and then put it in reverse. Yeah, no, that, that song is crazy. Um, definitely one of my favorites off this album. Yes, but moving on, where are we? Lounge Egg. That, another one I have always just heard but really never knew the name. So this one is probably my favorite off the album because it just yeah, shit, it starts up with that bass part, you know, like Chris is grooving out and just, I don't know, the way Kurt sings in it is just perfect. And then it builds up to him eventually yelling by the end of the song. Dude, yes. And it's only like two minutes and 37 seconds or something. Yeah, it's yeah, a very it's, short song, but it, it builds quick. <laughs> yeah, it's the shortest one. Or no, Territorial Pissing has about 15 seconds. But nonetheless, very quick. It does build very quick, but, um, you know, that is a great, great song. Yeah, shoot. I didn't, we didn't even touch on what your favorite one was. I apologize for that, but I'm glad we somehow came across it. Yeah. Yeah, that's a good one. And then stay away just another like i i I like side two more than side one personally because you got drain you territorial pissing lounge act stay away on a plane like man side two is just and can i ask you think do you think it's because you drained you out on side one or do you think it's because you've just, I don't know, advanced your musical listening and like after listening to so many times you just believe it. That, that um, both. Because the first time I ever listened to this album, like Lounge Jack was my favorite song right away. Nice. And On a Plane was like probably a close second. So I, I've always been <laughs> nice. partial to those songs. That's awesome. Yeah, no. Uh, both those songs are honestly just they're great they're they're really great and i don't want to say overshadowed by all the other great songs on here but they are definitely not the first ones that come to mind when you hear nevermind yeah no i mean i i think i would be fair to say that they're overshadowed by some of the other ones yeah and uh yeah no stay yeah so yeah stay away and then you mentioned on a plane that's just a Great, just other party one, like where love myself better than you, <laughs> dude. He, it's funny how he can put that grunge, like sing it like that, but like, dude, he does put like a tw- like a twangy sound on his voice sometimes, like in that one. And I know aneurysm again isn't on it, but come on, baby, and do the twat. <laughs> I mean that that was from the Nevermind sessions, so they recorded that when they were recording all these other songs. Really, Dang, yeah, that's awesome. They Dang. cut it from the album, but then they played it live all the time. So it's not like the band didn't like the song. I, I I'm guessing that was probably more of a butch decision. Yeah, no, it is like I honestly just learned that on guitar two weeks ago, and it's very simple. I'm very straight up. Uh, and I could see why they would want to put those other songs on it. Because you do have to mix it up a little bit. Because um, you can't... I mean, I guess you could always have a party with Nirvana music. But, yeah, like the ones like Stay Away, um, like Polly, Territorial Pissing. I, I guess it's a party. Yeah, it's not like what they picked were bad selections by any means. No. Yeah, but it, it, it makes sense the way the stories being told throughout this and it honestly ends right in the lap of something in the way or as i mean to me that's the side two version of polly like something in the way it's just very you know dark and it's okay to eat fish because they 
Don't have any feelings. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, the lyrics in itself of all of these songs are just so great. Cut. Yeah, yeah, I don't know, you can't beat it. <laughs> so and then tell us a little bit more, man, about this just what some consider a bonus track what uh yeah, I mean, it's pretty, it's pretty much just a bunch of ambient shredding and yelling. And I mean, it's really any like sort of cohesive song. They just sort of threw it in there. Um, but yeah, I mean, when you're playing the vinyl, something in the way ends, you have a few minutes of silence and then endless nameless kicks in. Um, so, yeah, something worth mentioning about that, too, at the beginning of the episode when I was saying this album is 42 minutes that does not include endless nameless with it. It's 59 minutes. So there's, there's quite a few minutes of silence before you get to it. So it's the sort of deal um, here. I just looked up 10 minutes of silence. So yeah, it's the sort of deal where like you're in, you're listening to it and you just don't want to get up and pull the record off the player so you just keep letting it spin and then all of a sudden after 10 minutes of letting it spin you just hear this guitar come in what a surprise probably for those people who like first got this put it on probably scared the crap out of them yeah (laughs) yeah honestly (laughs) that's crazy man what a way to like ingest music back then to do it yeah the vinyl man it's crazy now we have just everything, everything we ever need at our fingertips. Yeah, no kidding. But I can't, I can't complain. <laughs> I want to play. <laughs> well, there you have it. We have walked through Nevermind. Um, kind of like we said, great, uh, just top tier album. Uh, that we're going to be reviewing on this podcast. Uh, everyone knows it. I'm glad we were able to kind of dive into it, talk about some of our personal um, memories from these, uh, but also in a whole, uh, just talk about I don't know, how great these albums, like how great this album truly is from start to finish. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, one of the all-time greats. There's a reason why it was the seventh highest selling album of the 90s. Um, so, all right. So next episode, yes. we, let's, uh, let the folks know what we're doing. So if you remember at the beginning of last episode, um, Spruce laid out that there are six albums that we're going to use for our first six episodes. Um, back in black was one of them, obviously the first episode we did and we have never mind for this one. So what are the, Remaining four options. The remaining four options that we have are Tattoo U, Led Zeppelin 1, Dark Side of the Moon, and Darkness on the Edge of Town. All right. And I will be rolling the dice. Here we go. (laughs) What do we got? For week, well, week, yeah, right. Episode. We're coming in. We're coming in a lot more often, ladies and gentlemen. For the next episode of Vinyl Stallions, we will be discussing Led Zeppelin One. Oh, dude, I listened to that album uh, maybe three weeks ago. <laughs> oh man, it honestly, it honestly was calling to me uh, today when I was shuffling. Um, calling. And I'm walking down the park. <laughs> baby, baby. Oh my God. We have Club Plant in the house. Dude, that, oh man, I can't wait to do that one. <laughs> but dude, no, it, it kept showing up. So uh, if anyone wants to take a dive into a long list of uh, a bunch of different music, a long, long playlist that will give you everything. 
If you go on Spotify and look up Fuck Boys, and that is spelled P-H-U-C-K-B-O-Y-S, you can find Spruce, you can find uh, Adam Klepp, and we made that playlist. It's uh, all songs that Adam and I have just ever heard in our life on there. I think we're up to 142 hours, 44 of music. Yeah, um, I added some stuff to it today, and I want to say it's not quite, but almost 1,800 songs. So it's not something you're ever going to listen to all the way from the beginning to the end. It's You just throw it on, and there will be some good music to play. Yeah, no, Shuffle It, it's given me some great things. Uh, Club has added some unreal, just deep dive musics that I've really enjoyed and found. Same with um, you too. <laughs> yeah, no, it's it, dude, and it, it's funny because they're just songs that I've just been in my life. But you're like, holy crap, I've never heard this, and it's great just sharing music. I love being sent new music, so please just send it to us in on Twitter, on Instagram, anywhere you can reach us. Uh, send us new music because we love it, and I'm sure we'll talk about it on here. Yeah, that's the thing. You send it, we will listen to it. <laughs> yeah, and uh, yeah, and we'll be excited um, just as much as uh, you guys are. Uh, but nonetheless, yeah, f- uh, the Fuckboys playlist has just been great. It's been giving me a lot of Led Zeppelin 1 today, so I kind of had a feeling that this was going to be the one. Um, but, uh, man, anytime I hear Led Zeppelin, and I know we've talked about it because we've listened to it together, but it just reminds me why i dude, am i gonna say it dude? yes dude, they oh, are I the best stop you i won't stop dude you. i mean it's hard it's it's only really hard because so, like, so many different bands go through your head but like the way that music is just transferred in all for voice bass guitar and drums it is absolutely insane the way these songs are written and i cannot wait to dive into this yeah for me personally i guess the way i like will analyze it is so like i have like my personal favorite artists and then i have like okay like who are like objectively the best which is sort of that's that statement sort of doesn't make sense because nothing about music is objective yeah it's all subjective otherwise there would just be one song that everyone listens to that is the best song but so when i say objective i just mean i don't know just like you know most talent combined with cohesiveness and like when i think of that like yeah led zeppelin usually uh ends up at number one for me (laughs) no it's they've just proven me time and time again and sometimes i forget but you go listen to one of their hundred songs hundreds of songs and you'll be reminded but nonetheless led zeppelin one we will be diving into it's exciting uh we know we said we were gonna bring you our review on the pigeons playing ping pong concert that we'll be seeing this friday at the agora in cleveland uh but again we got such great feedback we were antsy as hell to just go and record another one so uh we will be bringing that uh in the next episode and like we've talked about go check these guys out well, they have yeah so, so so much great music before we say that that one will be the next episode <laughs> dare i say that we should perhaps say it will be the next album review because Ooh. after friday i think we're going to have our first concert review episode oh i like it i like it and we will, uh, yes, yes to everything. We'll break down this concert for you guys. And we'll walk through the set list and we will share some stories that I already know are coming. Yeah, I will be bringing a mousetrap. Spruce will be bringing a salt <laughs> shaker. So if there are any concert snails or concert rats, they will be exterminated swift. <laughs> yes, pigeons playing ping pong at the Agora Theater, Cleveland, Ohio. It's going to bump. We're just going to get funked up. It is going to smack. I love it. I love it, Clep. You just got me hyped. I'm about to just go put on some F-U-N-K. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's fantastic. Ladies and gentlemen, thank you. Uh, if you've made it this far for sticking with us. 
we're going to keep these uh, stallions rolling. Uh, but episode, episode two is coming to a close. Uh, we thank you very much. This has been Vinyl Stallions. <laughs>